Good day, Unleashers. Today, I'm interviewing a very special guest. His name is Jason Berkowitz. So Jason is the founder and the SEI director of a great company called Break the Web. So Break the Web is a search marketing agency that focuses heavily on search engine optimization and paid advertising. So Jason's career in the SEO world dates back to 2010. So yes, he has been doing this for a long time. So he knows the struggle with the same issue as many, many businesses, and that is bringing in new leads and revenue. So his journey led Jason to find the SEO algorithm and open up a paradigm shift into the world of marketing. I've spent the last two years learning from industry experts and successful business owners, going behind the scenes to discover what makes these entrepreneurs successful. Follow along with season eight of Unleash Your Focus podcast, where I dive in deeper than ever before, unlocking trade secrets, discovering what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but also really understanding their habits, frameworks, blueprints, secrets, and so much more. I also ask one important question, and that is how they have grown and scaled their business to a million or more. I'm excited that you are here and I can't wait for you to apply these strategies so you can become successful too. Welcome to Unleash Your Focus podcast, number one place that will help you to start, grow and scale your online business today. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Doing great, Joy. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate your time. This is fantastic. Can you tell people a little bit about your journey and who you are and who's Jason? Well, I am a weird SEO marketing nerd that loves algorithms, data, yeah. as well as some good whiskey and skydiving and traveling. So that's uh, my current, uh, what is Jason, I guess. But of course, I uh, wasn't always like that. Now, before we recorded, I commented on the Thor hammer behind you. And that is like one of the coolest things I see. I'm a big like I'm a geek with those type of things. So um, do you mind showing people your hammer? I just yeah. think it's so cool. So um, our copywriter, Jess from Verve and Vigor, came up with this tagline. Our brand is Break the Web. And she came up with a great tagline, don't just break the web, smash the smithereens. And awesome. what else would you smash other than using <laughs> Thor's hammer specifically? It's just brilliant. Uh, I think it's such a great entry point to your business and what you guys do. So how did this whole journey come about in 2010? How did it unfold for you? So I was in a completely different industry. I was in the fitness world in New York City, working as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And working as a trainer, it's hard because it's, it's extremely competitive. And I was looking for ways to create a differentiation out there in the market, mm -hmm. as well as not like butt heads with people trying to close a new client. So I thought, okay, how can I try and get people to come to me? There has to be people who are going to Google looking for a personal trainer in NYC. How do I do it? And of course, SEO was just very, very different back then. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of different Google searches, connecting with people in the space already, getting some mentorships. And at the time, I was able to rank the website that I had at number one for personal trainer NYC. Amazing. <laughs> uh, it was. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Google became a lot more advanced, so it didn't last that long. But thankfully, mm -hmm. I was able to have, like you said, the paradigm shift in a way yeah. that I no longer had interest in training. And then SEO and that puzzle and the challenge of search marketing became the new obsession. So transitioned over. And it's so amazing that you got to rank at number one, especially in such a competitive industry, right? Because the fitness is just so competitive to be in that. That is really, really cool. Yeah. So now you obviously moved out of being a fitness trainer. How did that, when did you actually decide, like, I'm done now with this, I'm going to focus on the SEO and build my company. How did that come around? 
I fully left training when I was able to more than double my income as a trainer. Yeah. Plus, try to maintain the health benefits as long as possible until they caught on and realized that I wasn't really training much. And then I eventually left. There was a, a corporate gym I was working at, but I also was trying to build at the time a personal training side business and maybe even train people yeah. in their apartments in New York City or bring them to the gym, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I ended up selling the personal training business actually quite early on. It just I really had no longer of an interest in yeah. that space. Yes. And at the time, there was freelancing websites like Elance and yes. Odesk, which is now all owned by Upwork, yes. uh, which all became Upwork. And I started getting clients on there. I ranked a website, which is still ranking today, actually, seoservicesnewyork.org, uh, an exact wow. match domain. Um, and it's still ranking for a bunch of New York SEO terms. But right now, it acts as kind of a lead generation website for us. Yeah. But uh, that was the goal of trying to get people to come to me and practice what you preach. And rank for New York SEO terms. And then once I was, I felt uh, stable uh, to go yeah. into that world of entrepreneurship, which is never stable. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it goes like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So what is your number? Okay. So obviously you're a, you're a geek with these things. This is, you know, this is not just your bread and butter. You actually love it. You've got a passion for it. So what is the number one thing? So this show is for people that are starting out or they're struggling or they already have established businesses, but they're just a little bit stuck. And um, we all know how important websites are. So what is the number one hack that you would give somebody to get their website to either rank or just to get some more searchable things on it? At this moment, uh, Google has become a bit more advanced. So it's not really necessarily a specific tactic or number one thing. Yeah. If it would be a number one thing, I would say just build a brand. Build a brand the same way any new business would build an online presence yeah. and just build off that. Yes. I love the cat. Is that a cat? Did I hear a cat? No, my dog. <laughs> I accidentally stepped on him. <laughs> He's <got> fine. A, <laughs> I've got a Jack Russell and I'm also just waiting for him to make a noise. So I get that. Um, what, yeah. what struggles have you faced in your journey? What has been the biggest struggle? In entrepreneurship, probably shiny objects. I think overall, there's a lot of people, especially in education, and a lot of people that can promise the world, like, sign up for my course, and I'll show you how to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. There's a lot of shiny objects and people who are preaching shortcuts to yes. get success. Um, I think that would be my my biggest thing is, is just avoiding shortcuts and those shiny objects and distractions that yeah. at the end of the day, you have to put in the hours, you have to put in the time, you have to have that emotional roller coaster, the ups, the downs, the successes, the, the fails. Um, it's, it's how it is and how you, it's how you build something amazing at the end of the day. Yeah. There's this, um, I don't, it's not a myth, it's an actual fact that you put about 10,000 hours in and then you become an expert in your field. Do you think you yeah. are in that you've put in? Because I can see the books behind you. I can see that you're heavily into education. And I don't actually know one non or successful entrepreneur that does not educate on a daily basis. So how many hours do you dedicate to educating yourself and upskilling yourself on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, I would say four to five hours yeah. uh, minimum. minimum. So I'll have a couple of audio books that I'm reading um, at the time. If there's a book that it may be of higher of importance, Maybe yes. if it directly tackles a gap that we have in our agency or in our business, then that might get prioritization over some other books that are for entrepreneurs, but maybe about mindset, yeah. 
yes. or productivity, whatever it might be. Yeah. I try to do about four hours a week minimum. Um, yes. That was the, the bottom line goal. Typically, typically I hit it uh, plus more. Some yes. weeks are better than others, uh, but of course, always be growing, right? Yeah. Always trying to be learning something new. Mindset is quite a big thing in entrepreneurship because it can literally make or break your business, right? Did, did you find that you had to have a bit of a mind shift when you started your web company? Into marketing itself? Yes. Uh, thankfully, um, we, we're in the marketing niche, so That's it wasn't true. that challenging. But at the yeah. same time, SEO is a very technical, data-driven marketing vertical compared to other marketing verticals like even copywriting and funneling and yes. conversion optimization, email marketing, uh, SEOs tend to be very uh, technical with their information. And even our first reiterations of our website and our branding mm -hmm. was all just super technical and non-SEOs. Like we are active clients and our ideal clients are marketers themselves of in-house yeah. in-house in marketers of our brands. Yeah. They just didn't understand because they didn't really understand SEO, which is why they were coming to us. But we were talking about all the nitty gritty moving pieces in SEO and it just made no sense. Yes. But in due time, I was able to learn a bit more about messaging, about mm -hmm. branding, uh, more so than just having a logo. Um, having a voice yes. of the company was the big game changer. Yes. And that actually just happened in probably the last year and a half, two years. And it's yeah. still, still improving. Well, I've had a look at your website um, in the last couple of weeks because obviously I have to stalk you before I interview you. And that's like how I roll. And um, and your website is really, really nice. It's, um, you know, it's it's not it's not as techy as you would expect it to be, you know, when you interview a tech person, right? Do you find that storytelling has helped you in your business too? Because it's very different to tell stories when you're in a techy world, right? I appreciate that. that. That's our goal is to tell a story yeah. and show and in marketing in general, the goal should be yes. to showcase a transformation. Exactly. You know, I have with our website, we have great copywriters, great designers, great developers that made it all happen. Yeah. There's uh, some books by Donald Miller, like uh, building a story brand. I have an agency mentor who helped craft yes. our messaging. And that's the idea. Even when we're yeah. pitching a proposal, we don't want it to be just a, a sales deck but actually yes. showcase a story and the transformation of what happens when you work with us. Before, yeah. here's this issue, it sucks. But after working with us, here's this awesomeness that happens and it's yeah. it's rocks, it's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I love that book, it's behind me as well. Um, I've actually recommended <laughs> it to my students as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just one of the best books, right? What has been your most favorite book? Honestly, it's There's probably the least sexiest book. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, uh, from an entrepreneurship perspective, Profit First has been a, a game changer okay. um, by Mike Michalowicz in which a longest time, you know, when we do our P&L statements and profit and loss statements around tax season and this shows the number of profit in that line item. But mm -hmm. like you wonder, where is that money? I have no idea where that money is. And it's definitely not in my pocket. So where did it go? Uh, profit First was a really good system for financials about making sure that at the end of the day, you're able to, if your P&L statement shows profit of 50,000, as an example, yeah. you know where it is, it's in your bank accounts. Yeah. So that is a, a good one as well. And um, I think on the other side of things, Gino Wickman, Traction is a great book, The Entrepreneurial Operating System. Yes, oh, I must get my hands onto that one. Oh, I like that, that's awesome. What has been your biggest contribution to your success? Time. And uh, understanding that I'm not the smartest guy in my industry as well as in my company. Okay. So I think 
you know, I'm a solo founder. It's a lot harder as a solo founder when you can't necessarily bounce ideas off of, especially if you're like a mad scientist in a way, you come up with these old weird, crazy ideas that <laughs> maybe nine out of, uh, one out of 10 are, are decent ideas. Um, having people in your opinion, in your company voice their opinions and get feedback and have a say, doesn't matter what level of the yes. total poly map be in. Uh, that I think has been really, really grateful. And I get to hear just other perspectives on what's working, what's not, what's a good idea, what's a waste of time. Yes. Again, we all spend too much time sometimes on things that are the A, never get into fruition and B, just a sucky idea. <laughs> but I think, again, if you have this idea as an entrepreneur, like, oh, this is the best idea ever. And then you put it into work and like, well, this sucks. <laughs> and or you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you're like, what was wrong with you yesterday? <laughs> I've had that too, so I completely relate with you. <laughs> it is so true. Okay, so you've obviously done this since 2012. And, you know, as we know, like we've talked about the ups and the downs, but it also happens financially, you know, growing and scaling. And this season of my podcast is specifically on growing and scaling. Do you have like a basic blueprint that you can share with the audience how you actually scaled your business? Yeah, financially, uh, Profit First, that system, it's a great book, Michael Callowitz, and it's a very easy system on making sure that certain percentages of revenue coming in go to certain places, operational expenses, payroll, taxes, owner's distribution, which of course is the reason why we all get into this and start businesses to begin with to make sure that we're getting our money. Um, From a financial standpoint, that has been uh, a really good one. Okay, I like that. And so what is... Okay, so also the show, like I mentioned, is for people going behind the scenes to understand to make what makes them successful. And some people that listen to the show, they haven't really started a business or they're just a little bit stuck. What advice would you have for somebody that is in that position? They're stuck or they just haven't really started. What advice would you have for somebody like that? Find a mentor, find the gaps, find the issues and fix them. Uh, he actually has a new book. I don't mean to keep pl- plugging Mike no, McCallowitz, but he I has a book. I think we all have to get this, this book. <laughs> fix this next. <laughs> get his various different books. Uh, that's yeah. a, I have like three or four of his books already. Um, it's called Fix This Next, where it helps you dissect all the different areas in your business that might be preventing you from growth. Um, I think getting an agency mentor, someone who has a third party uh, grand view of everything was a game changer for me in, in figuring out what was next. I thought I had good branding, good messaging, a good market differentiator amongst my SEO competitors. And then I got a nice swift kick in the butt and realized I didn't, you know, and uh, that helped me craft messaging. It helped me create a, a system of predictable revenue, of referrals, of lead generation, inbound marketing nice. uh, content. So the mentor, agency mentor is a big one. Yes. I don't know. I cannot do anything without a mentor. And I think as entrepreneurs, you know, you, you the first couple of years, you're like, yeah, I've got this, I can do this. And then you actually realize in like a year and a half into your journey, you're like, well, I actually need somebody or this is just going to take me 400 years to get there. So yeah, definitely agree with you. Behind me, I've got hashtag goals. It's a bit of a private joke between me and my students. Um, so I coach businesses one-on-one or I used to know I've, I've got group coaching in marketing, helping them because I actually have a marketing agency. This is my podcast is my fun thing, right? Uh, so with hashtag goals, we always talk about how to achieve goals and the importance of goal setting, etc. What is your method of goal setting? Um, the entrepreneurial operating system uh, traction has been really good for creating uh, project rocks and quarterly goals. Uh, which has been nice. Um, it's a it's a very big formula, a very big model. Uh, that's been one. 
even on a simpler form, I have a corkboard right over there with things that I want to achieve in the short term and the long term. And, you know, there is something to be said about just looking at the same thing every single day, reminding yourself what you're looking for. Maybe it's a vision board of sorts. I wouldn't consider it a vision board, uh, yeah. but, you know, just having that goal right there, looking back at you every single day so that if you feel like just putting your feet up uh, one day and just relaxing, taking it easy, and then you look over and it's like staring right back at you and judging you for not for being having a lazy day. Um, hopefully the next day at least is a bit more productive. We all yeah. have lazy days, of course, but uh, yeah. there to remind you of what you're doing. Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be working on me today. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, maybe like a graphic or a design to make it look like it's judging you for not yeah. hitting your goals. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like. but <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so what has been, what is your guys' mission at the moment? So obviously you've got a very established company and um, I'm assuming you do very well by the looks of it, you do. So what is your vision in the next five years for your company? We don't want to be a conglomerate. We offer a very personalized service. You know, SEO should be personalized. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, traditionally, it hasn't been a personalized service. It's been maybe not productized, but not as informative as it could have been and communicative in a way. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep it like that. We don't want to expand to a heavy, heavy headcount. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're nice and lean at about 15 people. Um, I think in, I say this now, who knows what would happen in five years, but um, in my eyes right now, probably 25, 30 people keeping it nice and lean, very, very personal, um, making sure everyone, we've been remote since the beginning anyways, so making sure that people can go out and uh, our team members can go out and do what they love to do, uh, personal hobbies, while also making a difference, helping brands get some yeah. visibility, really awesome brands get some visibility online, so yes. That's really cool. I like that. And I like the fact that you look after your staff and your team members. So they actually have that flexibility to, you know, not just sit in front of a desk for eight hours a day, not looking after <laughs> we just, themselves. Yeah. In the month of June, uh, we tested it out and everyone's very happy with it. Half day Fridays for the month nice. of June. Uh, we've been doing it and everyone's been loving it. Nice. Probably gonna do it again next year. Yeah. That is really, really cool. That actually makes a difference because you have to have something to look forward to. Hmm. Yeah. And actually productivity during the week has increased. Because you know that things have to get done before that Friday. Um, the workload yes. and efficiency is, is a little bit higher during the week. Yes, yes. Structure and routine is quite big in, in businesses. Do you guys have a set structure and routine every day? Um, in terms of order of workflow? Correct, yes. It's very flexible depending on the person. Uh, okay. Some people like to just dive right into work yes. almost immediately. Well, and deal with emails maybe an hour or two later, deal with yes. project management an hour or two later, especially if they know what they need to do. Yes. Others, uh, I'm a guy that just goes through all the, the distractions early on. So I'll try to get emails, uh, social media stuff all out of the way as early as possible and then dive into the work. So for me personally, once I'm locked in, um, I'm locked in. So I want to keep it like that. It's, it's very flexible. At the end of the day, we yeah. care more about the output. Yes. on a daily basis and hitting deadlines, of course, uh, through our project management systems. As long as all of that is taken care of, mm -hmm. there is no specific structure per se on how the workday should flow. It's very different. And we do a lot of, of course, uh, communications on one-on-ones with our team members. Mm -hmm. And we do ask these questions. Uh, how, do you feel efficient? Do you think there's anything that you can improve upon? And we try to uh, talk, talk through it and Sometimes I may not give the best recommendations if I'm leading that one-on-one, uh, -on -one, uh, but it's another point of view that they can consider when it comes to productivity. 
Yeah, that's actually very good that you guys do that because that's very important, you know, to get your staff. And that's how they keep engaged and stay with the company and they feel valued, right? Because you care about how they actually act every day or be every day. Mm. Yeah, those are, uh, that's a really important question. We ask, uh, first, I ask, is there anything that I can do differently yes. to help you with what you need, uh, both professionally, personally, whatever it might be tying with those goals? And then we ask, is there anything that you feel you can do a little bit differently? So at the end of the day, especially when it comes to like quarterly performance reviews and such, they actually are their own, our employees and team members are their own uh, grader. Yes. They fill out the questionnaire themselves. They grade themselves on a scale, uh, different sliding scales. So yeah. um, it's very, very interesting. It's a very different, unique approach as opposed to that interrogative style yes. of a performance review. Yeah, yeah. That's like you have to sit down. You have to do this 20,000 things a day or a year or, yeah, I get that. Avatar is very important. You as a marketer would know this firsthand that your avatar is very, very important. Do you, how long has it taken you guys to nail down your avatar to say, this is the client that I'm serving? It took us about six months. I actually, not even joking. We have um, a notion page that's yes. dedicated to our client avatar and I'll actually pull it up. And I can read just very vaguely. Yeah. That would be, be amazing. Yeah. Um, I but we, it took us things. a while Things like uh, building a story brand helped tremendously. Yes. Things like digitalmarketer.com and some of their perpetual traffic systems and their avatar yes. before and after building. Um, so we have we have hers name as Marketing Maya, as you would typically have in a, awesome. a, um, a uh, persona. Yes. 32 plus years old, female, married, maybe uh, one to two young children, maybe a small pet. Uh, marketing department of a small to medium sized business with at least 1 million in annual recurring revenue, marketing director. And then we start talking about the villain, um, SEO and Google is the villain because it's just so confusing and Google's always changing those things up. We talk about the goals, the values. Uh, we actually interviewed almost all of our clients and um, who are in-house marketers about their sources of information, what blogs they read, what influencers do yep. they follow, what would be their objections in the sales process. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the traditional before and after grid. Yes. What issues do they have before? How do they feel? What's their average day like? What's their status yes. in life? And the same thing afterwards. Uh, this yeah. is, it's a huge document. I'm like skimming through it. But it took us working with my mentor directly as well yes. as speaking to team members, uh, interviewing clients, yes. uh, to really hone in yes. on our client avatar. Yes. And it's so important. Um, so I've got this coaching program way I group coach small businesses, my target market is small businesses. And my target, my, her name is Liz, and she's between 35 and, well, 33 and 37 years old. But yes, I've got exactly that. And for some reason, I don't always get my students to just focus on the avatar first. I've got like a very small percentage of my students that actually has honed down on the avatar and went through the whole thing and the interviews and all of that. Do you find it was a bit of a, and I'm, I guess I'm asking on behalf of them because sometimes it's nice to hear from somebody else and not just the person that's trying to teach you, right? <laughs> but did you find it a little bit more trickier to speak to your existing clients when it came to these things? Um, I, at first, I thought it would be. Yes. But we we have a great relationship with our clients. We speak yes. to them all the time. And yes. um, our goal, especially on the account side of things, is to really build a lot of rapport, especially when it comes to holiday time. We can try to give a bit more personalized gifts uh, yeah. to our points of contact. So I, I was a little bit nervous, but almost everyone was willing to communicate and just share information. Yes. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it also has been uh, so worth it. Just yes. taking that that risk and 
asking clients and asking even just marketing. I've reached out to a couple of people on LinkedIn, people yes. that we would love as clients, probably not the right fit, or we're probably not the right fit for them or vice versa. Or maybe they're working with another agency or yeah. a conflict of interest and interviewed them as well. Like, hey, I'm not going to tell you anything. I just have four questions because we want to hone in on the, the mentality of a marketer. Yes. Um, That's awesome. Though. And yeah, I mean, like when we, our copywriter, whenever he, like we're building out a couple of new pages and stuff um, as we're niching down and uh, more specific to our services, yeah. he loves it because I just hand him this doc and he has everything he needs, the pain points, uh, the issues, the uh, emotional drive that our clients will have and yeah. what they're looking for. They, they, the copywriters love it. Yes. And it's, it's exactly that because we also, we build funnels. And it's when you have that, we had a, the one client that we had not so long ago, the conversion rate on the funnel was 38%, which is pretty impressive, right? And it's only because we knew exactly the pain points and the struggles that this client were facing. And you just, you just do your marketing messaging around that. And obviously you would find that your conversion is also better, right? When you, when you talk to these things. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah. Guys, understand and know your avatar. It is the best. And the, I think even the most affordable thing that you can do for yourself and your business, because it's, you don't have to spend too much money on ads and things, right? Yeah. Or, or I mean, target them have, more correct. Yes. Like break the web as well as our, our my first site, SEO services, yeah. New York.org, yeah. both have headlines that are targeting directly um, the pain points of our client avatar. I think yes. SEO services in New York is meet the SEO agency that'll give you traffic and leads instead of excuses, you know, That's which is hitting brilliant. a lot of different emotional buttons. Yeah. Um, hat tip to Joel Klecky on that one. He's a great uh, copywriter. And even now uh, we have a bit more of a complex one headline on Break the Web, which is something along the lines of solve the SEO riddle once and for all, because SEO is confusing. You read a blog, but like, what are all these different moving parts and what do these things exactly. mean? And then the algorithms and then Google and yeah. Yeah. So keywords, is keywords also a big part of SEO? Because I'm a tech weenie, by the way. Yes, I run an agency, but I, at least I know that stuff. But when it comes to this type of things, I'm like, ah, what is it about? So if you do um, keywords and SEO, how does that, how did that fit into each other? Yeah, keyword research would yeah. typically be the starting point of an SEO campaign and building an SEO strategy. And the purpose is just understand what's out there, what opportunities exist. Um, SEO has shifted a little bit over the years to be less about specific, specific keywords, but more so about the total addressable market. What is the entire market out there for a given service, product, question, whatever it might be at the different stages of the funnel? And that's, well, we still do keyword research. We still provide keyword research. We even track keywords with our clients. But again, uh, more so it's not the biggest KPI keyword improvements. Yeah. But when you are, when you do understand what people are typing into Google and what the intent is behind a search query, allows you to optimize and hone a strategy to tackle that specific search query, which might also have dozens upon dozens of other related yeah. search queries that give the exact same results. So that's yeah. where we uh, do incorporate keywords, especially as a starting point. Yes, I do like that. And pay-per-click, how does that fit into all of the SEO stuff? Um, no direct correlation. Okay. Uh, there might be indirect benefits like yeah. um, better engagement. Let's say somebody likes uh, one of your ads that leads to a yeah. content piece and then you link to it. Yeah. That can help SEO. So no direct effects, but there's a plethora of ways that it might indirectly help. Yes. I like that. Okay. Makes sense. For non-tech or for, for a tech weenie, that makes sense. That's awesome. Jason, thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate your time. Where can people reach you if they need anything SEO, if you potentially want to have them as a client? Where can they reach you? 
you can Google break the web, break the web agency. You can Google Jason Berkowitz um, or find me on LinkedIn. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I think you have, you've just shared so much knowledge with the audience and I really appreciate your time. And this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joy. Cheers.